and gentlemen, and welcome back to Uncaped Heroes. We're very glad that you decided to take some time today and just join us and hear some beautiful information from an amazing lady that shines this brilliantly bright light out there in the world for us. I am Stacy Johnston. I'm here by myself today. My co-host couldn't be with me, but I have the most fabulous guest. And I just really love the opportunities that we have to have these amazing conversations with these beautiful people that we get to meet from all around the world. I'm so honored every time I get to have one of these conversations. So without waiting any longer, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to bring in my guest, Maria Grove. How are you today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I am very well. It's a beautiful day, and I am blessed beyond measure. So thank you so much oh, for giving great. us this. We're, we're getting big storms in Connecticut, so I, I hope that you can hear me. <laughs> oh, we're doing good. We had those storms the last couple of days. Actually, shut down some of our recordings because we had terrible thunderstorms and no internet. So I think my they might oh, have no. moved on towards you. So I'm sorry for sending them in the direction. They boom right out of Texas. Oh no, we we need always need the water. It's fine. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, may you stay safe in the storms. So Maria, let's get started. Kick us off. How about if you tell us who is Maria Grove, what do you do, why do you do that, and how can we connect with what you do? So I um, do multiple things, um, as most people do. I'm not just one thing. Um, I work full-time in a hospital. I am um, an EMT, and I work in a hospital as an uh, emergency department technician, and I work on the trauma team. Um, it's a, a wonderful and exciting um, opportunity for me. I'm really passionate about trauma medicine, and um, it's very exciting work. Um, I'm a mom to two kids. I have um, a 16-year-old kiddo and a 12-year-old daughter. Um, I um, also run a small business on the side, which is a home organizing business called Bliss This House. Uh, so I have a lot going on. Um, it, is, uh, it is quite a bit. I have a lot of balls up in the air. <laughs> you do have a lot of balls up in the air, girl. That's a lot. That's a lot. So when you look at your journey, tell us a little bit about how you became, how did you transition from being an EMT to working in the ER trauma department? Wait, so, um, so for, so for, when I went to college um, many years ago, I won't say how long, um, <laughs> um, I went to college to become an, um, uh, an FBI agent. That was my original, and I majored in anti-terrorism. And many years later, I actually got a master's degree in anti-terrorism um, again. So I have a, a higher level of, of um of education in anti-terrorism as well. And when I was in college, I was recruited by the Bureau, um, but I became medically ineligible because I have a medical condition that requires me to take some pretty heavy duty pain medication. And mm. so unfortunately, they really just didn't feel comfortable with that, and so they, um, they, they cut me from the program. So I spent some time, you know, finding my way. I wound up meeting my husband. We wound up having children, which was a blessing because I was told I was never going to have children because of this medical condition. So I was very blessed to have children. Um, you know, something that I might not have had the opportunity to have if I had gone to the Bureau. So, you know, life points us in really amazing directions. Um, Amen. And then about nine, nine years ago, um, my mother got very ill um, and she had cancer. 
and I was caring for her. I was her primary caregiver. And uh, one night in the hospital, I was walking around about midnight in the hospital, and I saw a sign that said, become a nurse. And I said, oh, this is it. This is the sign. You, this is why our family is going through this is so that I can become a nurse. Like this is, you know, I've been cool. called to the medical field. This, this is it. And it took me nine years, but I found my medical field. I became an EMT this year and I found my way to trauma medicine. What a beautiful story. You know, and, and what beautiful recognition. Yeah, and what beautiful recognition that you thought, you know, this is why we're in this trauma so I can find this path. That takes so much awareness, right, and so much willingness to just hear that call and that talk because you're in the middle of that trauma. You know, and so many times we're not thinking about anything but that trauma. So what a blessing that you were able to see that. Well, I I always try to find the meaning in everything. You know, if if I had stayed in the FBI, I probably wouldn't have had children. If you know, and and I am so blessed to have my kiddos. And you know, so in and so that was the meaning. That was the reason why I left the FBI was so that I could have my my kiddos and and become a mother. Um, that you know, the my mom getting sick and moving forward. I found a career for nine years. I worked in nonprofits and you know, dedicated my life to raising money for for important um, things going you know going on. I, I was very devoted to to cancer and um, uh, cancer issues. Um, I. I threw myself into many organizations around the state of Connecticut and, and worked for them as a fundraiser and event planner, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. then, you know, this year I finally followed my dream and was able to um, get into medicine, which is, which is what some, what I had been wanting to do for a long time. I just thought, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm too busy. I'm too old. I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough, you know, but I found yeah. my path and I found my way. So <laughs> I, love it. I, wasn't, I wasn't too, too. I wasn't smart enough. I, I was smart. I was just smart enough. See, <laughs> yeah, you were smart enough, and you had everything you needed. I, I love the fact that that I love the recognition. That is such. Um, so many of us, I think, spend time looking for answers, waiting for solutions, wondering where the light is in the dark, but we don't look. We don't see. Right, and so may that be our prayer for so many people. Give me the wisdom to see. So what a wonderful trait and an attribute and, and hope that you give people just by saying, yeah, I saw in the midst of that drama where my light was. Beautiful. Yeah, I always try to find the meaning in everything. There's always, there's always a meaning for something. There is. There is. If it's all part of the grand plan, then isn't it all part of the grand plan? You know, I think, that, I think that's kind of how you have to look at it. It is or it isn't. So let's keep going. I love your journey. As you look at this path that you've taken from this, this, this young lady that wanted to grow up and be an FBI agent to now becoming this EMT in trauma where you, you deal with people at their most critical moments in life, so you have to have this amazing light to shine there, to give those people hope and to give them safety. So thank you for that light that you shine. In that journey well, for you, Maria. Thank you, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I've been, um, you know, I've been very lucky just in a, in a short time working at the hospital. I've been um, involved in some pretty heinous um, traumas coming into the ED, and um, I have found myself next to the bed of some people who really needed me. And, yes. you know, my job 
was to get them hooked up to monitors and to get um, to get things started and, and to do lab work and to do that kind of stuff. But then my job was to explain what was going on and, you know, to, to, a, to a conscious patient. And I could explain, you know, this is what the doctor's doing and this is where you're headed next and this is what's going on because the doctor is, is too busy, you know, treating the issue and, and going forward. And, and so I have the, the capacity to explain what's going on. And what was really wonderful was, you know, I was, I was talking to a patient not long ago who was on the table and things were happening and it was, it was pretty scary. And he was actually holding my hand and um, we were, we were talking and I learned his name and, and everything. And I told him my name and about an hour later, I went into his room um, to drop off some clothes and some belongings that he came in with to the hospital. And uh, I was just also checking on him and he remembered me. He re- he said, Oh Maria, I'm so glad to see you. You know, he was stable and, and he remembered me and I just, I was you know, blown away, you know, with, with the trauma going on and everything just been through and he remembered me and that was that was quite a blessing that's pretty cool you know I think we have a tendency to remember those angels in our lives right that was your moment as an uncaped hero for him right he needed that strength yeah yeah, I think so I mean it was a very terrifying moment for him yeah yeah what a wonderful what a wonderful statement about the state of your heart and your soul to be able to be it for him Beautiful. Doesn't surprise me that you remembered your name. So, Maria, when you look at this journey that you've taken to this lady that you stand at today as a, as a mom, as an employee, as, a, as so many things that you are, and an organizer, I love that. Who do you identify in that journey for you as a hero in your life, and why would you give them that title? So it would definitely be my mom. Um, my parents got divorced when I was um, 11, and then my father passed away suddenly when I was 12. And so my mother raised me as a single mom without any support uh, whatsoever, um, raised myself and, and my brother. Um, she worked full time. She raised us. Um, it could have been a life of... Uh, very difficult um, difficulty. Uh, we could have suffered and we could have felt very poor and we could have had a lot of hardships. And she strove every day to make sure that I feel that way. Um, my brother and I had everything we needed. We went on school trips. We, I mean, I went to college. You know, we, we, we did what we needed to do. We got to do things that other kids got to do. We, we had shoes, we, you know, things like that. Um, you know, it was, I'm sure my mother struggled a lot more than I realized as a mom. Now I'm realizing how much she must've struggled and how much she must've worried about money and, and where it was all coming from and how much everything costs and bills and everything. But we went on vacations and I can't even imagine how she managed that. And um, she just did a great job. And then when she was sick, um, she was very altered from the brain cancer, but she handled it with such grace. I mean, really just was so graceful about the end of her life. And she just, she just greeted it with, I, I just keep saying grace. She just, she just greeted the end of her life knowing that she had lived a wonderful life. She had created some wonderful children and she was leaving it on, 
you know, not necessarily her own terms, but um, she was, she had done it. She had lived a good life. Casey? Don't we all? You know, Maria, I, when I listen to that story oh, and you talk about, when you talk about your mom and you talk about grace, I think that's absolutely appropriate. And it's beautiful. I, mean, what, I think that's what we all want at the end of our life is to be able to die gracefully, you know, and, and with that grace. So to see that in your mom, what a beautiful attribute. I'm so glad that you got to share that yeah, with I mean, her. You know, it's- Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I was I was her I was her caregiver. You know, she lived with us for about a month. Um, you know, from from diagnosis to the day she passed away, she only had three months and nine days. Um, so wow. it went very quickly. Um, she was very altered from the moment she was diagnosed. Um, but um, you know, we we had some moments of clarity and. Um, able to talk and she was able to tell me her wishes for where she wanted to be buried and how she wanted to have a funeral and she she wanted to hand out CDs of her favorite music at the funeral I mean you know she was she was a she's a classy broad I love it <laughs> she was a party girl I love she, um, it she just had she was a she was a wonderful woman and had a had a lot of life in her and um you know, had enjoyed enjoyed living at my house with my kids. You know, was really enjoyed that time that was spent with them. Um, even though she was altered, got a chance to to spend time with her grandchildren. They were her only grandchildren at the time, and that was really special for her. And and it was special for the kiddos too, which was yeah. really great. That's cool. That's and that's priceless time. You know, it's priceless time that you can't ever get back. So. What a blessing that you got to share that in that way with her. It's beautiful. As I, as I watched my mom kind yeah, of walk through that it was a very difficult time. It was a very difficult time, but it was, you know, you're right. It was, it was a blessing that I had it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was so grateful. I mean, we could not have understood that we only had three months. So, right. you know, glad that right. we had well, the time that we had. Amen. Amen. I think that's beautiful. So share with us a little bit more about your hero and your journey. What is a, a life? lesson that you've learned along the way that you'd like to make sure that you pass on and that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I think one of the life lessons that I've learned is, um, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be kind, Mm. especially be inclusive, you know, make sure that you take um, others along with you. Um, I've had a lot of privilege in my life. Um, my husband makes a very good living. We have a beautiful home. We are very well off. And I never fail to turn back around and bring somebody back with me um, and, and give back to organizations that, um, that need my help. I have, you know, as, as a stay-at-home mom for many, many years, I had the time to give and devote to organizations um, that needed my skills. And so I was happy to do that. I think that that's important. If you can give back, you should. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I realize how, how fortunate I've been, um, you know, and then, and then just in my, in my own family, in my personal life, you know, my eldest kiddo is a, a non-binary kiddo. And I think that, you know, it, it's been a wonderful experience for our family, just celebrating them and making sure that they are included and um, seen visible. Um, so making sure that they are included in, in the world. And so that's, that's, that's the life lesson is, you know, be any, if you can be anything, be, be inclusive. Make sure you bring other people with you. I love that. You know, I'm a, I'm a coach and trainer speaker for the John Maxwell team. And one of the things that we really enforced or really talk about through all of that is at the end of the day, be kind, right? You don't know the path that someone else is walking or the story that they've got to tell or where they're headed. And so we all, no matter who you are, where you're from, we all want the very same things in life, right? We want love, we want respect, we want safety, we want kindness. And so to be able to emulate that and just be kind changes so many things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the, at the hospital, I lead with kindness, absolutely. Um, mm. You know, because people are very frightened when they're at the hospital and, you know, it doesn't matter that you're having a bad day and that, you know, you're underpaid and you've been there for eight hours and you just want to go home. Nobody cares. They're, you know, they're, they're scared because they're having chest pain and, you know, they're just walking into the hospital. And so you just, you, you greet them with kindness and you meet them with kindness and that makes all the difference in the world in terms of care. Oh, it really does. It really does. I know that I spent some years in the adolescent and adult behavioral health substance abuse field and working on an Indian Pueblo along at the same time. And, and it was very important, right? That, that attitude, that, that kindness that you come in the door, if they feel that kindness and they feel that acceptance and that inclusiveness when they walk in and greet you, they're so much more likely to get better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so much more likely Absolutely. to get better for that to turn out to be a positive experience. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, we could all just walk around and go, hey, just be kind, right? With the world, just, just that single act, I think, would make the world a very different place to live, don't you think? Yes, I agree. Yeah, if we and could be just, was... just 10% kinder to each other. <laughs> exactly. And, if, you know, 10% is a lot. Start with 1% today. You know, do 1% more than you did yesterday and then 1% more the next day. And it doesn't seem like very attainable. But that's, you, you never know what your kindness is going to do to somebody else's day or their life or their decision that's next. Right, exactly. That's very true. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Maria, what wonderful information. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to have this conversation. Before I do, before we even get close to winding up, I do have one more question for you. When you think of the things that you've learned, and this, this, again, this beautiful life that you shine, this permission, this space that you give for people to, to be safe and to get better. If you had an opportunity to, A, let's recognize for a moment that you are probably more people's hero than you recognize. What I do believe that definition for me is the hero is this ordinary person that comes alongside you and does something extraordinary in your life or in your day. And how many times as you hold that man's hand do you get to be that hero? So thank you. And please proudly wear that cape, okay, for a minute and, and recognize the impact you have on other people and how much 
we appreciate your willingness to do that and be that hero for other people. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So as you stand in that place of the hero and all the words there are out there in the world, what's your statement? What does your T-shirt say, Maria? What's your one-liner to the world? Well, I think I'll go back to be kind. You know, I think that it, it, helps, it helps everybody to, to be better, um, being kind to one another. Just you never know the battles that people are facing, you know, if the, the kind of day they're having and the kind of health they have. Um, you know, why, why lead with anger when you can lead with kindness? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And how many of us kindness comes down the road instead of it being our first instinct? I know when I was working out on the Pueblo, when we talk about that, that ability to be kind, we did a beautiful study called Becoming a Person of Influence. And in that study, it talks about kindness, right? A person of influence is kind to the people around them. So we really talked about that word. And their homework that week was to perform a random act of kindness and then come back the next week and be able to share that with us. We could find out what kindness looked like from everybody's perspective. And I was, I'm not going to say shocked, but maybe surprised. At, we had 25 people in this class, and I would bet 20 out of the 25 said, you know, it was harder to be kind with a plan than I thought it was going to be. Mm. You know, I said, I realized I do things like open the doors for people and, and say yes, ma'am, but to actually intentionally perform an act of kindness for somebody was harder than I thought it was going to be. And I think that's sad a little bit, right? Kindness shouldn't be difficult. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, people are within their own head and they get wrapped up in their own issues and their own business. And, you know, we, we forget that we are in essentially supposed to be serving others. Yes. And that what they say, the quickest way to get the things you want is to serve other people and help them get what they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It opens those doors up pretty wide. Oh, Maria, thank you so much for your time today and for your wisdom. I hope everybody listening took some quality notes. I did. I got a whole page going here. I love ah, bits of gold. Yeah, dude, I love the little bits of gold that I get, those things I get to hang on to. And, you know, I'll call my daughter later and go, guess what she said? Because I love, I write your little statements down. I, I, I love the things that people get that say, you know, in a world where we can be anything, just be kind. Beautiful. You know, because you're right, we have, the, we have the option to be anything we want to be. Kind should be easy. Well, that, that's what we all want. So, again, Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. I would love for our audience to remember that this is always brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If you know somebody that we need to talk to, a story that we need to hear, or if you just want to share with us and have a conversation, please reach out to us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com. Maria, I cannot think of a more appropriate way to close out the show than to give you the stage. you got 90 seconds, my friend. Close us out. What would you like to leave our audience with today? Well, I'd just love to share a little bit about my business. If anyone is looking for a home organizer, um, I am on Instagram at blissthishouse underscore CT. It's a, uh, a small but mighty home organizing business, and we take um, home organizing very seriously. Um, I love home organizing, and I love sharing it with 
new families. Um, and I do virtual organizing. So anywhere in the country, I can hop on a Zoom call with you and we can work through your closet, your kitchen, your living room, any space that you're working through. Uh, I'd love to, to help that um, get a, a project worked out for you. Um, so if you're interested in my work, please take a look at the Instagram and that's how you can reach me. So thank you so much for this opportunity. You are so welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I love the fact that you can organize virtually. I've never heard that. Wow, cool is that? Right? Yeah, this is the world that we live in right now. How neat. made everything virtual. So. <laughs> you know, you can hands-on from across the country. I think that's a beautiful thing. That's true. That's, that's true. A, yeah. You know? Yeah. I can give well, you I'm a, a good organizer is a coach, and I can coach from anywhere. So. I, I love that. What a great concept. And that's so much freedom for somebody. Right? Do you think, and I just can't cut you off now, I've got to keep going for just a second. When you talk about organizing, being able to organize somebody even in a virtual experience, how much fear do you think about people have, have come, for you coming in that first time? Well, so many people are nervous. You know, they're, they're embarrassed that their space is over, you know, too, too messy or it has too much stuff in it and everything. And I have seen so much. You can't scare me. Like, you, you really can't. Um, <laughs> Nothing, nothing that you will show me will, will put me off. And I'm, I love it. I get excited when I see a messy room because I get to work in it and I get to clean it up and I get to help you display your most favorite thing at the end of this journey and so, and so that you get to look at the things that you really love and get all that clutter out of the way. So it's exciting for me. What a great, what a great concept. And see, that's adaptation, right? Sometimes you just have to look at the world around you and figure out how you fit in, and then you find your groove. And there you go, Maria Group. What a way that you have so proven to do that. Thank you again so much for your time. It's been a beautiful experience. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you soon.